is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So, uh, in this preaching series that we're working through at the moment, we've, we've called it Back in the Room. And we're looking at some of the things that are important to us as we've regathered after being somewhat scattered uh, during the COVID pandemic. We've been asking the question, what are some of the things that are important to us? What do we want to be reminding ourselves of? What are some of our uh, values that we maybe haven't had to express in the same way in the last couple of years or so, but we want to get back to now? And there's a whole number of things that we could look at, and we've looked at some of them already. We'll do one or two more yet in this series. But what I want to look at today in the time that is remaining is the value of valuing the presence of God. The presence of God. Now, I know when I often talk about church life and some of the things that are important to us in church life, my default go-to passage is generally Acts chapter 2. You might, have, you, know, you might have been turning there already, thinking that's where he's going to go. Uh, and we could go there, but actually, I don't want to go there this morning. Instead, I'm going to jump into the Old Testament, and we're going to look at some verses in Exodus chapter 33. Now, you may well have heard me speak on this subject before, and that's okay. Because actually what we're doing in this series is not saying here are a bunch of new things necessarily, but we are saying what is it that God has spoken to us about before that we need to re-emphasize again or we want to remind ourselves of that is important to us. And I think probably one of the things that we lost during the time we weren't meeting together in one room is we lost that sense of the gathered church worshipping together. Because we're scattered, weren't we? You know, we weren't together in one place, like the Bible encourages us to be, but, you know, we were on our own, in our own rooms, probably still in our pyjamas, some of you. You know it's true. Um, and, you know, we, we got into the habit of observing worship rather than participating in it. Observing something rather than experience something. We had this screen in our TV or in our room and that's where church happened on that screen and we sort of watched it. And sometimes if we were particularly courageous in the days of Zoom, we might have unmuted ourselves and prayed out potentially. But it, you know, it wasn't the same as being together in a room. And whilst our worship leaders and our tech team and our preachers did an absolute amazing job of making that technology happen and enabling us to have some sense of togetherness, I don't think anybody could argue that it was designed to replace forever what we experience now. It was a wonderful thing to, to have as a go-to when we couldn't gather like this. And maybe for believers in some parts of the world, it's their only option because of either distance or security issues. But for us, it's not our only option. 
And whilst it's great, we can still stream our meetings. And for those of you who are watching online, it's great to have you with us. And I know many who watch online would love to be in a room but can't get here, often because of health issues, be it COVID or other things. It doesn't replace being gathered together as the people of God. And it doesn't replace that sense of worshipping together as God's people. And hearing him together and saying, what's God saying to us? That sense of the presence of God, his nearness, his closeness. I think actually, you know, watching a preach wasn't so strange. That, that seemed to work well. And it was great to be able to worship and see other people worshipping on the screen. But you can't replace the dynamic of the gathered people of God. So now we are back in a room, or next week back on the field. What is it that we're going for? What is important to us? What are some of the things that we want to make sure we're not missing? Last week... um, I was in Darlington for the week. I was helping to lead and speak at the Christ Central Leaders Conference. Uh, we had a fantastic week. We, and when we were planning it, we were thinking, well, what might it look like to, to gather a bunch of leaders together from across our churches? We'd felt God speak to us as a, as a team that we were to strengthen our churches. And probably one of the best ways of doing that is to strengthen and encourage leaders. I thought, what might it look like? And we thought, well... You know, sometimes if we gather some leaders together, we might get 100 people in a room. That's, that's good, isn't it? We thought, wouldn't it be great if we had 200 for our conference? That was that's sort of the, the hope and the prayer and the, Lord, could it be, sort of type of thing. It ended up, we had about three, just under, just under 350 people for the week, which is tremendous. And such an excitement of being gathered together once again from different places, but back in a room together. And one of the things we prioritised during the conference was not just teaching sessions and preaching, not even just ministry, but actually dedicated time to worshipping God together and giving him space to move, to speak to us, to encounter us and for us to respond to him. We had Terry Virgo speaking, who was with us for a few days, founder of New Frontiers, the, the wider family of churches we're part of. It was great to have Terry with us. And he said he'd never been to a conference like it. And you could think, gosh, what does that mean? <laughs> but actually what he was saying was he'd never been to a conference like it where the priority was given to worship and encountering God and receiving from him and valuing his presence. Actually, he was encouraging us because of it. There's that sense of giving time to, to linger in worship, to encounter God together. So often, we, we can fall into a trap, and we've done this in the past. I think we're, we're better now, but we can fall into the trap of thinking, well, worship is a sort of warm-up act of the preach. Actually, it's all about the preach, really, and opening up God's word. So, so worship just sort of gets us in the mood to, to, to there. And it's the, sort of the preamble, the, the warm-up act, if you like, before we get to the main events. Now, I am thoroughly committed to preaching from God's words. 
We are as a church thoroughly committed to reading it, preaching it, understanding it, declaring it. But listen, friends, worship is not the warm-up act to the preach. We worship God because he is worthy of our praise. We worship God because he commands us to do so. So you know, pick out any psalm where we're instructed to praise the Lord, to praise God. Worship is not just a warm-up act to the preach. We gather to worship God, to honour him, to exalt him, to allow him to speak to us both in the worship time and as we open God's word together. So it is about experiencing the presence of God. And that was the thing that was so hard to do online, but it's so much easier to do if we give God space to do it in person. And not just to go through a worship set going, well, I've got these, you know, a few songs, I think we think we'll sing those. But rather to say, Lord, we're here for you. And yeah, we've got these songs, but you could do anything. Anybody might bring a word or a tongue or interpretation or a start a different song. That's the sort of thing that we're, we're going for. So, so what, is, what does the Bible have to say about the presence of God? Well, we could turn to a number of places, but let's just jump into Exodus chapter 33. So I think this is fascinating here. If you've got a Bible with you, if you'd like to turn to it or scroll to it, whatever is your preference, Exodus chapter 33. So what's happened here is Moses has led the people of God out of Egypt. And uh, God's speaking to Moses. And they've been camped for a little while, sent them to move on and the people that he brought out of Egypt. And uh, God says this to Moses, Exodus chapter 33, verse 2. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, their enemies, in effect. Okay. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. This is the land that God has promised his people. That's how he describes it. But I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. It's an interesting discussion, isn't it, where you've got God saying to Moses, I'm going to give you an angel to go and drive out your enemies, but I'm not going with you because you're a stiff-necked bunch and I might destroy you before we get there. They're quite hard words, aren't they? But... God does say, I'll send an angel before you. It's not you're on your own completely. God says, no, I'm not going to go with you, but you can have an angel. And the angel will drive out your enemies and so you can inherit the land that I've promised to you. I wonder, what would you have said if you'd been Moses? Just imagine yourself in the conversation. Imagine it's between God and you. And you've brought these people up out of Egypt and you, you know that God's leading you to this land that he describes as flying with milk and honey. It's a promised land that he's promised his people are going to inherit. And God says, I'll give you an angel to drive out your enemies. It doesn't sound so bad, does it? It's like 
It's not such a bad deal. And I think if I'd been Moses, I'd be like, well, you know, getting our own personal angel to fight our battles, to drive out our enemies, maybe that's not such a bad deal. Maybe that's okay. Maybe that's, that's good enough. Maybe you would have settled for the angel. Maybe I would have done, I don't know. But Moses didn't. Moses wasn't prepared just to have the angel. Even though God had said to him, if I go with you, there's a risk I might destroy you on the way because you're stiff-necked people. You're stubborn, you're rebellious. What does Moses do? What does he say? In verse 16, we find our answer. Moses says to the Lord, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. If you're not coming, Lord, we don't want to go anywhere. Angel or no angel, if you're not coming, we're not going. Why? Because Moses realised the importance of the presence of God. Angel's great, but it's not the presence of God himself. It's not God himself being with them in the same way. Moses wasn't prepared to settle for an angel. He wanted to fight for the presence of God, for God himself to go with them. He says, what else would distinguish me and your people from all the other peoples on the face of the earth? Moses recognised it was only the presence of God that was going to do that. It was only God's presence that was going to differentiate them from every other people group that was around. You know, the church of Jesus Christ is not the cleverest, prettiest, smartest, largest, coolest, trendiest, funniest, or whatever word you might choose to describe group of people around but listen, the church of God is the only group of people that carries God's presence. Is to host God's presence. Without his presence, friends, we're nothing. Now, we might have the comfiest seats in town. I think we do, you know, compared to, to most church chairs I've sat on many, or even pews, even worse. You know, the chairs are good. I don't think you can argue about the chairs. Chairs are good, aren't they? Hallelujah. We like, Hallelujah. We like the chairs. Wake up. They're comfy. <laughs> chairs are good. Okay. Fab worship bands. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. We, we like the worship band. They're good this morning. Got some fantastic musicians that serve us week in, week out. That's a check. Even, Hallelujah, decent coffee now. Yes. At last. <laughs> We've got those things. It's great. Good seats. You know, fab band. Nice coffee at last. You might be thinking, yeah, I've got some great friends here as well. Love being here. All those things are good. But listen, without the presence of God, we're nothing. It means nothing. God's not here. We might as well shut up shop and go home. It's only the presence of God 
that differentiates us from any other group of people. Moses realised that. He realised and he recognised that without God himself going with them, without the presence of God, they were nothing. And I think we need to remind ourselves that without God's presence, without his manifest presence, we know God is, is everywhere, always. You know, you know that theologically, don't you? You do. God is omnipresent. He is always everywhere. What I'm talking about here is the manifest presence of God, that, that sense of encounter with him, that, that nowness, that meeting with him, that knowing that you've met with God. Not just because you know he's everywhere always, but you know he was here when you met with him. You know you encountered him. You know that he changed your life. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you want for your friends, your family who don't know Jesus yet? Encounter with the very presence of the living God himself. Now, as you work your way through the Old Testament, we don't have time to do it this morning, you'll, you'll see that the, the temple becomes that dwelling place of God. It, it's where you go to encounter God's. The Holy of Holies. Even the high priest only went in there once a year. When he did, they'd tie a rope round his ankle so that if he died while he was in there, they could pull him out without having to risk going in themselves. It's a holy place. That was where the presence of God dwelt. But that was Old Testament. Now, I don't have time this morning to give you a detailed biblical argument all the way through Scripture, what it is now, but let me jump to perhaps where I'm heading, if I may. Right into the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Paul says this to the Corinthians. Bear in mind, Old Testament, you know, we have this, this tent of meeting, and we get the tabernacle, and then we get the, the temple where God's presence dwelt. Now, New Testament times, bear in mind that word temple, Paul says this to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? Huh. Now it isn't about a building somewhere, about a certain elaborate structure, but rather Paul's saying that you yourselves are God's temple. You are where God lives. Old Testament times, he wanted to know God's address on earth. Holy of Holies, the temple. It's where God's presence dwelt. Now, New Testament times, since the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, now don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, that God's Spirit lives in you. That's what Paul says to the church in Corinth. Isn't that exciting? Now, it isn't that God lives in a church building. It's not that God lives here or in a, another religious building. He's talking to the people of God. You yourselves. See, it's a word that we find hard to translate into English because 
Paul, is, Paul uses a plural for the word you. Now, in some parts of England, you, you know, people might you, use the phrase use, like a pl- plural of you. You might have heard people do that. We don't so much in the Midlands, but in some parts of England, people would use that sort of phrase, talking about a group of people, use lot. That's effectively what Paul is saying here. He's saying, use lot. You're where God lives. You're the, you're the temple of God now. You're the, the carriers of God's presence. You are God's temple and God lives in you. Use lot is perhaps our closest description to it. You know, in previous times, God dwelt in a tent. There is a temple. Now he dwells in the church, not in a building, but in the people of God. So listen, when we gather, we're like little temples of the Holy Spirit that gather together. We don't say, well, now we're together, God's presence comes. No, no, no. You're God's temple, a carrier of his presence wherever you go. There is a dynamic that happens when we meet together in his presence to worship him. Because already we're carriers of his presence. Already you're carriers of his presence into your workplace, into your neighbourhood, into your family, your group of friends, where you hang out, where you spend your leisure time. You're like a little temple carrying God's presence into all of those arenas of life. But when we gather as the church, that's when we should expect to encounter God's presence even more because we're where others who are also carrying his presence are also looking to honour him, worship him, encounter him. And what happens as we do that? God comes, speaks to us. A few weeks ago, we were praying for revival in our land. We've been praying this morning for God to move in our land once again. And our nation, like David was saying earlier, needs a move of God right now. We need to see justice and righteousness in our nation. Isn't it interesting that one of the major resignation speeches made reference to a prayer meeting? My reference to breaking bread together and hearing God's word preached at a prayer meeting. We need to see God moving in our nation. And we want to see people encountering his presence. So how does that work? Well, it works by allowing God to meet us, to encounter us, to change us in order that we might carry his presence into the places we go. So it means that when we gather like this for worship, we're looking to encounter, not just sing songs, but we're looking to worship God, to honour him, to glorify him, and to meet him in order that he changes us. And then we get to change something of the world around us. And so actually by saying like we do at the beginning of most meetings, hey, you know what, it might be one of you that 
prays out this morning or brings a scripture or prophetic words. That's not just going through some ritual. That's what we fundamentally believe. That's what the Bible teaches what worship should be like. When you, you know, when you come together, two or three may have these sort of things that you might share. All of us need to come really and think, wow, oh, I could be me this morning. Now, it's unlikely to be all of us if we would be here till mid-afternoon, but it could be any of us. I want to encourage us, friends, as we gather together again to prioritise the presence of God, not just going through some motions, not just singing some songs, not just thinking, well, it's just about getting to the preach. No, 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 no. It's about encountering the Lord himself. Giving space, allowing him to do that. And as we do that, that sense of, gosh, I wonder what God might do this morning. Do you come to church like that? Do you think, oh, wonder what God might do this morning. Wonder what he might say. Wonder if he might use me to bring something. Do you think that? I'd encourage you to pray that. I'd encourage you to pray as you, as you, as you come to worship, as you, as you gather with believers, thinking, Lord, what have I got to contribute to that this morning that will help us to encounter you? Spiritual gifts are not a checklist where we go through thinking, well, I've uh, had a prophetic word, tick, I've got a tongue, yep, tick, interpretation, thank goodness, tick, yes. And, uh, you know, and I go through a list thinking, well, that, that's what we want to see. No, no, these are gifts that God gives us by his spirit in order to help us to encounter him. They're to help us meet with him. They're not an end in themselves. Actually, even as we preach his word, shouldn't that lead us to encounter him as well? Shouldn't that lead us to meet him in his word as much as we meet him by his spirit? There's so much more I could say, but time has gone. So I'd love us to, to pray as we close. And I'd like us to pray that God would do something in us that would have a fresh hunger and expectation for him to move in our lives. To be like Moses, to think, well, yeah, Lord, I don't just want the religious thing. I don't just want the normal. Not that an angel isn't necessarily normal. But not to be satisfied with anything less than God himself. Not to be satisfied with anything less than encountering his presence and knowing that we've met with him. Because, friends, that's what changes us. And as it changes us, it changes those around us. Amen? Can we stand together as we close? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the boldness of Moses holding out for your presence not being willing to, to compromise and settle for anything less. And God, I pray for each of us this morning, be it here in the room or online, I pray, Lord, that we would not be satisfied with anything less than encountering you and your presence. God, would we give you space to move in our meetings? Would we give you space to move in our lives? 
Will you be seeking after you and after your presence in order that you might change us? You might mould us to be more like you. And as you do that, that we might be those portable temples that go into all sorts of different places, meet with all sorts of people far from you, and bring something of your presence into those arenas. Lord, even now as we finish our time together, I want to pray, God, would you fill us afresh? Lord, we're portable temples that somewhat leak, but we pray we'd leak your presence wherever we go. We pray now that you would fill us afresh, that we would encounter you. Lord, even in these few moments as we stand in your presence, we say, God, fill us afresh by your Spirit. Lord, all that you need us to be, all that we need from you for the week ahead, for the days ahead, we say, God, fill us with your glory. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your love. God, help us to prioritise these things as we gather together. Not just try and get through a, a run sheet or order of service, but Lord, to give you space to move, to give you time to move. God, that you might be glorified in our lives, in this church, and God, in our city and nation and the nation's. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk.